I think uh, everyone knows uh, the President of the United States, President Obama, and the Republican leadership have reached an agreement on a very significant tax bill. Uh, in my view, uh, the agreement that they reached is a bad deal for the American people. I think we can do better. And I am here today to take a strong stand against this bill, and I intend to tell my colleagues and the nation exactly what, why I am in opposition to this bill. And you can call what I'm doing today whatever you want. You can call it a filibuster. You can call it a very long speech. I'm not here to set any great records uh, or to, to make a spectacle. I am simply here today to take as long as I can to explain to the American people the fact that we have got to do a lot better than this, this agreement uh, provides. President, we have been told really not to worry too much because the extension of these tax breaks for the wealthy will only last two years. Not to worry. Well, maybe that's the case. Uh, but given the political reality that I have seen in Washington, my guess is that two years from now, these tax breaks for the wealthiest people in this country will be extended again. What happens around here is that the argument will be made that if you end these tax breaks, you're raising taxes. What we're hearing right now, I see no reason why in the middle of a presidential election those arguments will not be made again. And I see no reason not to believe that those tax breaks will be extended again. And clearly we have a number of Republicans who want to make that extension permanent. Now, whether it will ever be made permanent or not, I don't know. But the point is, when you hear folks say that it's only a two-year extension, I would suggest take that with a grain of salt.
So these crybabies, these multi-millionaires and billionaires, these people who are making out like bandits, they are crying and crying and crying, but their effective tax rates for the top 400 income earners in America was cut almost in half from 1992 to 2007. When is enough enough? And that really is the essence of what we're saying. When does greed, and greed is, is in my view, it's like a sickness. But I would hope that for these people who are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, they will look around them and say, there is something more important in life than the richest people becoming richer when we have the highest rate of childhood poverty in the industrialized world. Maybe they've got to go back to the Bible or whatever they believe in and understanding that there is virtue in sharing, in reaching out, that you can't get it all. How can anybody be proud to say that I'm a multi-millionaire and I'm getting a huge tax break? And one quarter of the kids in this country is on food stamps. How do you be proud of that? I don't know.
This is patently insane. This is insane. We have the highest rate of childhood poverty in the industrialized world. We have massive unemployment. I am trying to get senior 50 plus million people a $250 check because we have not seen a cola for the last two years for seniors, disabled vets. That would cost in one year about $14 billion. The Walton family itself would get more than double in a tax break what some of us are fighting for for over 50 million seniors and disabled vets. to give 14 billion to help some of the people in this country who are struggling the hardest can't do that but somehow we can afford to give 32.7 billion dollars in tax breaks to one of the richest families in this country if that makes sense to anybody please call up my office Entry-level automobile workers at General Motors and Chrysler now earn half as much, half as much as their peers made just one year ago. Instead of making $28 an hour, a middle-class wage, they are now making $14 an hour. And if workers with a union in the automobile industry are making $14 an hour. What do you think workers in New Mexico are gonna be making without a strong union? What you are seeing is a dissolution of the middle class. Wages are going down. And in this remarkable example, a 50% reduction. The older workers making good wages, new workers half the wages. Is this the future of America? Is this what our kids have to look forward to? That they're going to be earning half the wages that their fathers made, that their mothers made? Is that the future?
What the American people should know now is that while we bailed out Wall Street because they were quote unquote too big to fail, three out of the four largest financial institutions, all of whom were bailed out very significantly, are now larger today than they were before the bailout. Incredibly, since the start of the financial crisis, Wells Fargo has grown 43% bigger, JP Morgan Chase has grown 51% bigger, and Bank of America is now 138% larger than before the financial crisis began. Can you imagine that? We bailed these guys out because they were too big to fail, and now three out of the four largest ones are much larger than they were. and billionaires who have done phenomenally well in recent years need an extended tax cut at a time when their taxes have been lowered substantially in recent years. Do we really need to give tax breaks to the rich in order to drive up the national debt so that our kids and grandchildren will pay higher taxes in order to pay off that national debt caused by tax breaks for the rich? In 2007, the top 1% of all income earners in the United States made 23.5% of all income. Let me repeat that. Top 1% earned over 23% of all income. That is more than the bottom 50%. 1% here, 50% here. But for the very, very wealthy in this country, that's apparently not enough. The percentage of income going to the top 1% nearly tripled since the 1970s. Now, all over this country, people are angry. 
they're frustrated. It's true in Vermont. I'm sure it's true in Virginia. It's true all over America. But one of the reasons that people are angry and frustrated is they're working incredibly hard. In the state of Vermont, I represent, I can tell you, there are people who don't work one job. They don't work two jobs. There are people who are working three jobs and four jobs trying to cobble together an income in order to support their families. And I suspect that goes on all across the country. But people are working harder and harder. In many cases, their income is going down. And the fact is, that 80%, 80% of all new income earned from 1980 to 2005 has gone to the top 1%. Uh, President Obama has said that he fought as hard as he could against the Republican tax breaks for the wealthy and for an extension in unemployment. Well, maybe, but the reality is that that fight cannot simply be waged inside the Beltway. What our job is, is to appeal to the vast majority of the American people to stand up and to say, wait a minute, I don't want to see my kids and grandchildren paying higher taxes in order to give tax breaks to millionaires and billionaires. It started at 10.25 in the morning and kept going until 6.59 p.m., eight and one-half hours and change. Reportedly, the number of people watching it crashing the computer servers of the United States Senate. Senator Bernie Sanders, independent of Vermont, self-professed socialist, the first senator to vow opposition to the president's tax cut deal with the Republican Party, speaking to an empty chamber but an enthralled nation. This was the leading trend on Twitter in this country and the second leading one worldwide. Turning his opposition to this bill into an epic, essential lesson about the history of the nation's middle class, its families and children, and about the generational transformation we have witnessed under presidents, Republican and Democratic, in which the rich have not just grown richer, but have redefined the concept of rich. While the future of America's children has been mortgaged and collateralized and securitized and outsourced and leveraged and downsized into nothing.